Good morning, everybody that's joining us, everyone that's joining us online, um, and all of you here in the room. It's great to, uh, to be with you here this morning. Like Ryan said, we're looking at Romans 12, where we started in uh, verse 9 many weeks ago, really rooting all of this within the context that Paul is kind of pointing towards, which is uh, the idea that we need to let love be genuine. In the past weeks, we've looked at kind of different verses that are all kind of challenges, uh, what it looks like to actually let love be genuine. And, uh, and here today, the verse that we're going to look at, I'm not going to say it yet, I'll say it in a few moments here, is a little bit uh, unique in that the verse we're looking at today was a common sense kind of phrase that had been around for hundreds of years before Paul actually writes it here in the book of Romans. So this, this uh, verse was found in lots of Greek literature and actually in uh, Jewish wisdom literature almost 300 years before Paul writes it down here. So there's some specific reason that Paul decides to take this kind of what you think of as non-religious, kind of a common sense statement uh, that was known in culture and put, and put it right here in Romans, okay? And uh, with that idea in mind, I wanna kind of have a little bit of fun with that first, um, kind of with common sense phrases. So maybe, if you're here right now online, maybe think of some common sense phrases like um, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, something like that. Maybe think of some common sense phrases. And if you're online, maybe you can type in the comments one of those uh, phrases off the top of your head. And, uh, and everybody here in the room, I actually want to play a game really quick. It's going to be so fun. Okay, I want to play a game. And I'm going to say the first part of a common sense phrase and then we all will together say the second part of the phrase. Are you ready? What? Oh, wow. You guys are excited. Okay. All right. Here is, I, I didn't think you were, but you are excited. So the first, uh, first one, here we go. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Exactly. Work smarter, not harder. Everybody knows that. Patience is a virtue. Of course it is. The early bird. Oh, and that's why you'd want to be early so you can get the worm. Exactly. What goes up must come down. Yes, it's the law. It's physics. I mean, we know these things, right? Good job, you guys. I'm really proud of you. That was really good. <laughs> Um, yeah, actually that, that last one kind of reminds me of a story. What goes up must come down. And I'm going to share a story with you that uh, I'm not necessarily proud to share with you, but I'm going to share it anyways because it kind of proves the point. Um, so about 10 years ago, a bunch of guys around here, we would have this really... Um, complex game that we would play. And, and basically what the game was is like throw something up as high as you can in the air and catch it when it comes back down. That was it. That was the, that was the game. Yeah. Um, but we would do it with kind of like big things at times and awkward things. And so we were walking outside. It was right out here. Um, and I don't, some of you guys might, might know um, Adam Taylor. He used to be our tech director here. And now he's up at, at Central Church up in, in Vegas. And so I was walking with Adam and there was probably four or five other guys and we're walking along and I was like, hey, you guys want to play the game? And uh, I was like, okay. And I had this big water bottle, big water bottle um, in my hand. And I was like, here we go. And I took this thing and I just, whoa. I mean, as hard, as hard as I could throw, it was full. As hard as I could throw it. And so we all, we all kind of look up to see and it's just right in the sun. 
just like, oh, what goes up must come down. And it's like we scattered and kind of covered, watch out, watch out. And it's like you could hear it on its descent, kind of increasing. And sure enough, thud, it hits Adam Taylor like square in the back of his head. And, yeah, and I felt so bad. And actually, to this day, he really struggles with names and numbers. Um, no, I'm just kidding. He doesn't. He's, he's, it actually fixed him. He's doing really well now. No, I'm just kidding. He's always been great. But I feel like a comedian all of a sudden. Anyway, so um, it, it, um, I felt so bad. And here's the point, right? There's common sense things all the time that we know that, that for whatever reason, we don't utilize the common sense that we have and, and follow it, right? And I think we've all kind of been um, at that place at times where, um, you know, just because there's a common phrase out there doesn't mean that we actually practice common sense. I mean, is this true for anybody else? Raise your hand if that's maybe been you. Oh, only one person. Okay. No, somebody else over two. Everybody else is really smart and we're not. Okay. No, that's good. I'm glad that you guys utilize common sense, but this is a real thing. And we kind of think about what Paul does here in kind of including, uh, including this common sense phrase that we're going to get to in just a moment. There's a reason that he does that. Maybe he saw that, that this particular action that he was calling them to had kind of maybe drifted a bit um, as Paul had challenged them with this idea. And here's what I wonder. I wonder um, if if Paul um, was alive today and was writing this very same letter to us, would he write the same thing, okay? I really wonder that. I wonder if there are things that, that maybe have drifted for us. Maybe think for yourself for a second. Think of yourself. I want you to think about um, maybe when it comes to relationships, the way that we relate to one another. Are there things that you have perhaps um, kind of stopped doing over time, just really common things that you've always practiced in, in your relationships that over time you just kind of stopped doing for some reason. That be true for you? I know, I know it's really true for me. And if you're kind of going like, like what? Maybe I'm gonna throw a couple statements out there and maybe see if you relate to these statements as kind of the things that drift and change over time. All right, here's one statement. I've stopped doing overt things to show my love or appreciation for a friend or loved one as often as I'd like. I think most of us would go like, yeah, yeah, when I think about it, like I used to, I used to do that a lot more. I used to kind of be a lot more overt in, in doing some of those things to share appreciation with a person that I love, right? These things kind of change over time. Here's another one, maybe for, for couples. We've stopped having um, intentional moments or date nights together. Man, is that true, right? I think there's just things that in, in our relationships and the way that we relate to each other, they just kind of change um, as things change. And so today, here's what I want to get at. I'm going to kind of lay out uh, what we're going to do this morning, and it's just super straightforward. I want to take one verse, and actually one part of a verse, that that's, uh, Paul's actually challenging us with, and I want to look at something that I think maybe kind of stands in the way of us actually practicing um, what that verse looks like. And then I want to move right to kind of a very specific application and challenge for us so that when we go, my hope is by the time we leave here today, 
it's been so practical that we can go like, you know what, I'm gonna do this when I get home and this week I'm gonna practice this thing and I think it's gonna put me on the path to actually experiencing a little bit more of that genuine love that I have for others in my life. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. You ready to jump in? Okay, I'm leaving. Okay, you ready to jump in? Let's do it. Yes, okay, good. Wow, I'm really forcing the excitement today, aren't I? Like, yes, we're with you. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Romans 12, verse 15. I know the suspense was killing you. Romans 12, 15, let's look at it. Rejoice with those who rejoice. We've got it up on the screen there for you. And mourn with those who mourn. Again, I want to take the first part of it. The second part is really, really important, mourning with those who mourn. But for today, we're gonna, just going to take that, put it up on the shelf, uh, look at that at another time, and just come back to the first part of that phrase, because I think for us right now, today, it's, it's just the thing for us to focus on. It's being super, super important, okay? So let's look at the first part of that phrase and unpack it. Ready? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Okay, have a great week, you guys. We'll see you next week. There's not a lot to it. Pretty basic, right? Are we good? Yeah, I mean, it seems, no. There is something very specific that Paul is doing in adding this verse here. Remember, maybe he started to see less and less of that be practiced in people. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And I wonder when we think specifically about rejoice with those who rejoice, or maybe I'll use the word celebrate, taking time to celebrate with those who need celebration, with those that need to be celebrated, maybe that can kind of drift a little bit for us as well, like we talked about some of those other relational things happening. If we were to ask ourselves that question right now, do we find ourselves readily celebrating with people as often as we would like to? I know if I ask myself that question, I'd go like, yeah, I think I, I think I could do better at that. I think I really want to do more with that. I would actually say it's a value for me in my life. And I know that that's true for a lot of you too. I really do. I know a lot of you and I know how you are, that that would be a huge value for you too. But because of how things are around you, you find yourself in a place like I haven't been doing that as much lately. And that's, I think, what Paul's driving at, that there's moments where we got to get back to we got to get back to the importance of rejoicing and celebrating with each other. Okay, let me uh, just share a story with you that might um, illustrate this point a little bit better, the, the, the importance of rejoicing with others. So probably about, uh, again, it was probably 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, um, I was noticing that, that one of our uh, person on staff was actually kind of struggling a little bit. I could tell that they were discouraged. And I noticed this maybe for about one or two weeks. And I got to the point where I kind of sat down with them and I said, hey, um, what's going on? I've noticed, you know, I've noticed that you seem, I don't know, just kind of down and discouraged a little bit lately. What's going on? And, um, and we talked for a while and then um, he finally started opening up and he said, well, you know, like, we accomplished this and this uh, with work. We did this thing and then that thing and then this thing. And then, and then kind of in my personal life, I had this big moment um, and, and you knew about that and this other thing. Um, but you didn't actually mention any of those things and you didn't really notice me during those moments, you know? And, uh, and it was kind of a gut check for me, honestly, 
Because there's a person that I, uh, that I just, I really cherish this person. This person, I cherish them deeply, but somehow they weren't experiencing the feelings that I actually had for this person. They weren't experiencing any kind of genuine love from me. They were actually kind of experiencing the opposite. It was like, hey, I'm over here, but I feel like you don't even see me. And actually, you know what, right at that moment, I started changing the way that I lead because of the way that that moment was experienced. And here's why. Sometimes the common practice um, of celebrating with a person becomes way too uncommon. And that's detrimental. When we don't celebrate with people, um, it can actually, uh, cause that person to not actually experience the love that we have for them. The simple act of celebrating a person in the moment that they need to be celebrated or rejoiced with. The challenge there and the, and the real detrimental side of not celebrating with people is that it creates major uncertainty in a person's heart towards you or towards me. That person starts wondering hey, you're not, you're not seeing the things that are happening in my life, you're not acknowledging the, the, the aspects of what's going on in my personal life, and they start to wonder and feel very uncertain about where they stand with us. And that's, that can actually be pretty, pretty damaging to, uh, to a person. So I have the question actually for all of us here this morning, all right, you ready? Here's a question that I would like to just pose for all of us when it comes to this idea of, of really noticing and celebrating people. Are we engaging our heart and our minds to see that a person is standing right in front of us that might not actually be experiencing the love that we have for them? That's a big, that's a big question. And I think, you know, sometimes our inability to see beyond ourselves, to see a person that's standing right there in front of us can actually create a kind of ambivalence when we don't see a person, it can create a kind of ambivalence that actually, I believe, extinguishes the genuine love that we want them to experience from us. They become uncertain when we're not celebrating with others. And if, you, if you've heard the term ambivalence before, it really is um, kind of the state of having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas um, about something or someone. Okay, can you see how that could happen for a person that we're relating to? Man, you're not celebrating me, you're not noticing me, and they actually start wondering and having this contradictory experience that might be different from what's actually in our heart. We never intended this person to wonder if, if we actually love them, but because we stopped celebrating them at some point, they actually start to kind of feel the ground shifting beneath them a little bit and feel a kind of ambivalence. Actually, um, Paul, in the book of Philippians, I wanna just kinda of mention this one really quick because Paul talks about what can happen for a lot of us when we start to have a bit of kind of like a solo focus, really a, a self-focus and how that has an effect on other people. And so let's look at this really quick. Philippians 2 uh, verses three and four. Do nothing out of uh, selfish ambition or vain conceit. 
in verse four, rather, uh, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to our own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Okay? And here's the point. I don't, I don't think, you can look at the scripture and go like, oh, I mean, I'm not, I don't have, I'm not conceited. I don't, I'm not just focused on myself. I'm not, you know, I'm not just in it for myself. But I think what Paul's driving at is there's a way, um, and I know that this is true for me, there's a way that we can kind of just start moving through our daily life with our own goals and our own objectives and things to accomplish that because of the nature of that, that we actually start kind of putting people a little bit lower and our goals a little bit higher. I think that's what Paul's really getting at here, not saying that there's a bunch of people that are just trying to trample on all kinds of other people, but there's a way that we can focus at times and have another person actually start to kind of be less valued in our eyes. What Paul's getting at is we have to be extremely overt. I think this is what he's saying. We have to be extremely overt about raising up the value of another person in our own heart and in our own lives at all times. And it's, it's an extremely important thing that we have to kind of focus on and commit to. And here's what can happen. Here's what can happen when we don't. When we, when we don't intentionally um, kind of make it a point to value others in tangible ways, we can actually create that ambivalence that we are talking about. And that is not good. You know, interestingly enough, you may have heard of this, but there's been um, a bunch of studies that have happened in the last 30 years on ambivalent relationships and, and a bunch more that have happened just recently. So in the last 10 years, there were two studies. One study was of uh, police officers with their peers and the other one was married couples, just in marriage relationships. And um, there was a question that they would ask these couples that would, that, that, and the police officers with relationships with their peers, they would ask them individually um, this specific question to drive at whether or not they were a part of an ambivalent type of relationship. And here's the question. Here's the question that they would ask them. It was this, do you wonder if that person is ever truly happy for you? That's a big question. Really tells the idea that that person can move to a place of going like, I don't, I, I don't know, I thought this person loved and respected me, but I don't know where I stand now. I don't know if they're happy for me. And maybe let me kind of twist that question around and, and we can kind of pose it for ourselves when we think about the people that we relate to. Do people wonder if you or I are ever truly happy for them? Just think about that real quick with some of the relationships in your life. Do you think people that, that you love and care about, do you think they wonder if you're truly happy for them? I mean, you think in a lot of cases we're like, oh yeah, they know that I love them. They, yeah, that's clear as day. And I think that that's absolutely true. And here's, here's what I'm not trying to do this morning. I'm not trying to say that all of us are out there just trying to kind of ruin relationships and that we're trying to kind of create this kind of obscurity that, that damages people. I'm really not. Um, but there is something that I do want to drive home the point, And it's this, that celebrating other people is one of the best ways for that person to actually authentically experience the genuine love that we have for them. You want to take away the uncertainty, celebrate someone. 
That's kind of the point. There's a way to take away that, that person feeling like they're not on solid ground with you. What is it? Notice things in their life and celebrate those moments with them. It's, it's really kind of really practical and easy. That study that I talked about, here's what was damaging about those ambivalent relationships. Those police officers that, that experienced ambivalent relationships and in those marriages, people's blood pressure started spiking. And as they were in long-term relationships, they actually started to notice kind of damage to the heart that, that actually that, those ambivalent relationships caused some long-term damage for people as they experience those relationships. Can any of you kind of think about relationships like that that you've been in? Have you ever been in a place with a person where you go, I just don't know where I stand? Maybe, with it's a, maybe it was a boss or a coworker, and you kind of feel like, I just don't know. And maybe you could even think now and go like, yeah, I think I did feel, I think I could actually feel that I had higher blood pressure when I was around that person. In that study, they found that ambivalent relationships were way more damaging to a person than toxic relationships. I mean, toxic relationships where you kind of identify, well, that person's just a jerk, and they always are that. Because people kind of went like, yeah, I get it, but they're a jerk, you know? And that for a person to actually experience somebody as this, I don't, maybe, maybe they like, maybe they don't, that that was the thing that caused a person to wonder and kind of have that high blood pressure, all right? So what, what is the point for us here this morning? And it's this. In the season of life that we're all in, where, isn't it challenging right now? Nod your head if it's challenging. Man, it's challenging for most people currently for just about everybody, the lack of celebrating others only adds, it only adds to kind of increasing sense of, of disillusionment and dis divisiveness all around us. When we're all kind of going, and I've heard people say this, I don't know, I feel this, I feel this kind of divisiveness, what can I do about it? I just, and what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to give an answer today for it, at least to one aspect of it. Because I think there's one thing that we can do, and it really is celebrating others. I would really like to present out here today that the way that we would actually notice and identify and celebrate others is the way to actually create that solid ground and bring people back together. Take away that confusion of where do I stand with this person, okay? And here, here's, here's my big challenge for us is that if we can impact maybe the way that people experience the genuine love from us, wouldn't we want to do that? Say that again. If we, can, if we can actually change or impact the way that people experience genuine love, would we want to do that? Yes, we would, and we can, okay? So I want to move into some application here this morning. Again, pretty basic and straightforward, but I would love it to be a challenge for all of us to take on this week because I think this challenge is something that's not for somebody else, but it really is going to be life-giving for us as well, okay? And again, with this simple idea of being able to celebrate others in their moments where they need celebrating, we can do that. You might go like, okay, I get it, but it's... We know how it is right now. I mean, what is there to celebrate? And here's my answer to that question, because I agree. It's a little challenging to find those really specific moments. And here's the point. We can't look for, we can't look for monumental, um, warrior-like, you know, championed moments of victory. 
we actually have to look for those smaller wins. We have to look for those smaller wins in order to be able to celebrate them, okay? Or else those smaller wins become insignificant and, and people like us, we could all start to feel diminished if we're not kind of bringing those moments forward, okay? Here, here's, <clears throat> here's how that looks um, in my life. I'm just gonna give this example because it's a little bit like the challenge that I'm gonna give in just a second. One thing that I've been trying to do a lot in the last six months, okay, in the last six months, I've tried to say, I'm going to, um, I'm going to ask people point blank, friends, family members, coworkers, I'm going to ask them, what is it in their life that I can help celebrate with them? I've asked them that question point blank, and, you know, when they kind of get a little bit like, I don't know, I'll, I'll phrase it a little bit differently, and I'll say, what kind of joy have you experienced lately? And talk to me about why you're experiencing that joy. So then they go like, oh yeah, I've got, and they start, they start listening to the thing. And then I can come along and go, man, that's amazing. And I can celebrate with them, all right? So here's some of the responses that I've gotten when I've asked friends, coworkers, um, and family members. One, um, I started exercising again this week after not working out at all during COVID. And it was like, that's a big deal. Seems like a little deal, but man, this person is actually saying, and this is a person that, that had been feeling kind of some depression and those kind of things. And they're kind of saying like, I want, I want someone to celebrate with me because I'm actually doing something now. And so I celebrated with them. Uh, second thing, somebody else said, I've been shutting off the news at night and taking time to go outside and talk with my wife. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, right? I've committed to slowing down and praying more. A third person said, um, another thing, I've committed to believing the best about people around me. This person, I've been talking to them about, you know, uh, a certain situation. They're like, I finally committed to assuming the best about people around me, and it's made a big difference in my own heart, okay? Another one, I've been talking to my kids about different ways to express their love for their friends, and they've been coming up with lots of great ideas of their own. Okay, these are all, they might seem insignificant, all right? But I wanted to make a point here. These are not insignificant moments in the times that we're living in now. These are moments to come alongside and celebrate people. People need this. We need this. The last uh, thing I want to share, a person sh uh, shared with me, I have 185 days of sobriety today. That's a big deal. Now listen, here's the thing. If I hadn't asked that question, I wouldn't have been able to celebrate with that person. You see how this works? We'd have kind of just gone through the work day or um, how things go and, and never actually been able to celebrate with this person. Okay, and celebrating right now is so important. I'm gonna share something a little bit more vulnerable with you right now on something that I've committed to in my own life with celebrating, and that is, um, you know, if you're, for teachers right now, they are just, and a lot of people, but for teachers, um, and I feel this because my wife is a teacher, man, they, they're going through the ringer, you know? And really, all the work that they're doing, if you ask any teacher, they don't, feel like, they don't feel like they're being successful. They'll just tell you flat out. They'll, they'll tell you that. So they're working, working crazy long hours and keep getting new things thrown at them. And guess what? They're actually feeling worse and worse and worse about it. We've got teachers quitting all over the place. And here's, here's a commitment that I've made because my wife is a teacher is that 
I want to do a lot better job of noticing the little things for her right now that I can celebrate because I love her and I want her to experience that genuine love. How is she going to experience that? Because I'm going to commit to celebrating the tiniest thing with her. And right now, celebrating the tiny things might just be the thing that gets us all through, you know? I think this is a huge, important point for us, okay? So, we're gonna move into our challenge. And maybe if you get your phone, it's gonna kinda come up on the screen. You can use the trick. Sometimes instead of having to write really fast, you take a picture of the screen. Ta-da, yeah. Some people are like, you're talking too fast. Just go, So it'll come up on the screen here, this challenge. You may have heard of this uh, before. Um, It's the three coin challenge, okay? What I'd love us all to do this week, all right? Can we do this? What I'd love us all to do this week, the three coin challenge, you take three coins and you put them either on your dresser or um, on your desk at work, some place that you're going to kind of encounter them regularly and be reminded. You put three coins on your counter face up because you think of people because it's a face on a coin. So these are three people this week that we're all going to intentionally try to celebrate with this week, okay? The three coin challenge. So you got three there, and as each moment happens that you celebrate with a person, you turn that coin over. A couple days later, you find the moment, you celebrate with that person, turn the second one over. Get it? So by the end of the week, we've all turned um, three coins over. If you're an overachiever, sure. You can make it the five coin challenge. You can make it the seven coin challenge. I, I picked three because I feel like I really want us to be able to accomplish it. You know, sometimes when you pick the thing, it's too big. It's like, I'll never do that seven times in a week. So three coin challenge, right? You might be going, okay, I can do this, but how do I find the moments to celebrate? How do I find the moments to celebrate with people, right? And I want to be just jump back to what I said before, we got to commit to looking for it. What this means is you wake up in the morning and you're starting to go through your day, you see your coins there, and you go like, okay, I'm going to now commit to looking for this moment, and then when you see it, you're going to celebrate it. Again, don't look for like, yeah, I just, I don't know, something crazy. Look for the little moments with a person and then celebrate them. If you're looking really hard, and you're still like, Andy, I'm looking really hard and I still can't find those moments. Sometimes you just have to ask, okay? Sit down with people, uh, maybe at the dinner table, right? You can have these moments. We try to do this at our dinner, dinner table, say like, what's the low point and the high point of the day? What's your favorite point? And you know, those kind of things. And almost always when person shares their like favorite moment in the day, you get a moment to go like and celebrate that person for something that they experience, right? I'm talking about little things like that. This challenge should be easy. Just turn those coins over, okay? Um, so, so ask people, okay? Then you might go like, okay, I did it, I found it. How do I do it? I'm gonna give you just four basic ways that we can actually um, celebrate with others. First one, and this is um, something actually, back in the day we used to write things. So for our younger people, you could actually write a card what? Yeah, you can actually write a card uh, to somebody, uh, drop it in their mailbox, whatever. Write a, a handwritten card. Second thing, maybe a personal moment. Maybe it's, it's the type of thing where you can actually have a one-on-one moment with that person to say like, man, I noticed this thing 
and I'm proud of you, that's a big deal, and you get to actually celebrate one-on-one. Third thing would be maybe you get the opportunity to, to recognize them and, and honor them um, and celebrate them in a team meeting or in a context where, with family, whatever, where you're around people, that's another way. And the last way, and this might seem like not a big deal, but I really think it is, when you can text somebody, for instance, if somebody isn't used to getting a text from you in a long time, when you can text somebody and say, hey, I noticed da 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 today and I want to take a moment to say I'm so proud of you and celebrate that this thing happened for you, you know, fill in the blank, that can, that can be like day changing and week changing for a person. I've experienced it. I've actually received texts like that myself and went, man, did that lift my spirit. That celebration, even in the form of a text, can be very can be very effective, okay? Um, and so that really is the big challenge for us this week. Why? Because it's super important that, that we need to be a lot more intentional about celebrating people because without it, that genuine love kind of starts to drop off the radar, all right? And, and it's actually the very reason that we picked the theme that we picked this year, Love Like You're Loved. We picked Love Like You're Loved because uh, our church leaders, we started to see that there were a lot less moments like this happening, and we all also started to see kind of that divisiveness that was starting to happen even within the church, and we picked Romans to teach on, and we picked Love Like Your Love because we want to get back to being super practical about the things that we can do to change things around us, and it's rooted in love. Okay, we want to actually kind of take the highest thing for us, which is practicing genuine love and keep it the highest thing. That's why this is our theme this year. So um, in closing, in closing this morning, I want to say this, that, um, that even uh, as we practice let love be loved, as we love others, as we've been loved, we might not see the world change overnight, but for us as a church, it's gonna be our thing that we get to do together to change the world this year. Are you excited about it? I'm excited about it, you guys, yeah. So it's a big, big deal for us, yeah. So this week, uh, go out, turn those coins, let's celebrate with people, and uh, I'd love to just close uh, by praying together this morning, let's pray. God, we are um, just so thankful for the reminders that, that, uh, that we get from your scripture, the, the reminders to, to rejoice with those that rejoice and, and that, um, God, we pray that you would help us see those moments that we can just step into to, uh, that may seem insignificant. Father, help us, nudge us towards those people that really need uh, that celebrating and, and help us to see those moments and help us to do that this week because, Father, we do believe that you're calling us to this and we wanna be more and more effective all the time at really our faith being expressed in genuine love and that through that, that people would see Jesus. That's what we care about, God. We, we want people to see more of you and we want people to, to sense that their love and value doesn't come from us, but it comes ultimately from you, God. And so we thank you for today. Uh, thank you for our time together this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great week this week.